All right, let's light this candle. Intro music. Welcome, everyone, to Automox's CISO IT podcast. My name is Jason Kikta, and I am the CISO at Automox. With me today is Tom Boyer and Henry Smith. And why don't each of you introduce yourselves? Hey, everyone. Tom Boyer, and I'm the Director of Security and IT here at Automox. Hey, everyone. I'm Henry, Senior Application Security Engineer, working under these lovely individuals. So today we're going to do a special episode uh, and, and a little bit out of sequence, but with the news uh, from last week of the AnyDesk compromise, we felt it was important to uh, move up our production schedule and talk about this one specifically because we've seen a fair amount of confusion out there. And also, I think that it probably hasn't gotten the level of focus uh, that, it, that it deserves simply because of everything else going on with the uh, ongoing public exploitation of Avanti. But this is a, a separate issue, and uh, this AnyDesk compromise is pretty serious because it is the loss of control of a code signing certificate. So this is a systemic risk to the entirety of the internet. If you run Windows, you're at risk here. What we know so far, based on uh, AnyDesk's public statement, as well as a few news reports, is that uh, unknown threat actors at an unknown time for an unknown duration compromised at least their uh, most recent until last week code signing certificate for Windows, as well as other things within their environment. Um, and so they released, AnyDesk released a new version of their uh, Windows executable, uh, their Windows version. Uh, with a new code signing certificate. And and we do recommend that you upgrade uh, to that certificate immediately. However, the real risk here is not any desk. Uh, this, the risk is that code signing certificate. You don't steal uh, the code signing certificate for a, uh, a popular piece of software to necessarily masquerade as that software. That is a thing that you could do uh, but it's not the most bang for your buck because you can use this to uh, sign arbitrary malware. And I'll say as well, um, I've been watching across the InfoSec community uh, over the weekend and today as people have been uh, you know, looking for any desk in their environment. And so far, I haven't seen anyone come back and say, oh, we had less any desk than we thought. I've even seen people say, we don't have any any desk. And then, oh, Actually, we have dozens or hundreds. So this is, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't just take that for granted. And again, this applies to you whether you're an AnyDesk customer or not, because that malware could have been out there. You, you know, any potential malware that was signed, uh, you know, may have been in your environment for some time. And I think the other aspect that's causing a little bit of confusion is while AnyDesk says that they have revoked the certificate and presumably uh, Microsoft's regular updates to Windows should uh, include those, those updated certificate revocation lists, that only applies when you start new execution of a program. So if, you're, if, you, you know, if that malware is there and it's on disk 
and someone tries to fire it up brand new, that should stop it. But if the process is already running and loaded in memory or, you know, any prior execution of that malware that happened and, you know, enabled someone to compromise your environment, that CRL is not going to like, that's just not what it's designed to do. Uh, it's not going to help you there. So, um, you know, Tom, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, you know, two things come to mind. First, is this an EV cert or not? Right. And that's still something right. I'm trying to understand. Nothing in their official update. I mean, I haven't done too much research around it, but you know, an EV cert is X times more valuable than a standard code signing cert just because of, you know, the bypasses it provides you in Windows, you know, through smart screen and the like. And, you know, second, <laughs> how long, right? No TTPs, yeah. nothing in the in the report right who access the system how etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm just extremely disappointed that you know yeah, here we I are know again we're talking about years months days weeks <clears throat> hours like we we don't know because they haven't given us any data on that yeah and you know as a practitioner right it's like i just search for any desk and update it like am i not looking for anything else Right. Like you, you got to give me something here. <laughs> no, I, and I, I think that's that's why we, we went into, you know, here at Autobox, we went into overdrive on Friday because our immediate concern was, hey, you know, how do I know that there aren't executables lurking in the Windows portion of our environment that um, that have been signed with this certificate, uh, you know, certificate types binding a certificate to a certificate purpose is only as good as the enforcement. So, right. you know, we sat down with our worklet team here and had them write a PowerShell script uh, to be able to, to search those system and user uh, certificate stores on windows to search for any EXEs or MSIs on disc uh, that were signed with this. And, you know, we immediately realized that this is not only useful to us, but it's useful to, or, or and, and not only to our customer base, but this would be useful to the public as well. So we we worked late into the night Friday and and published that thing uh, in a blog, uh, and it's on Automox's website if anyone's interested in it. But you know we wanted to try and get something out there to help people to fix the issue, right? Because you know I, I think that's something that people don't always understand well is that security's role in these types of incidents is to find uh, the issue, whereas it's usually IT's responsibility, depending on the system and the structure of it, but it's usually IT's responsibility to fix it. So our unique, uh, you know, capabilities and posture here is an IT company, but one with high security awareness, you know, really made us feel sort of, uh, uh, I don't know if, uh, Inclined's not the right word. It's really, you know, almost obligated uh, to to try and help out where we could because this is going to be one of those long tail, painful vulnerabilities that we see for a long time. Correct, Henry? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I also feel like, you know, code signing certs aren't just used to sign like MSIs and EXEs, right? You can also right. sign PowerShell, yep. right? And there's a big push to move in the industry to move to like fully signed PowerShell execution, right? I'm mm -hmm. only going to execute PowerShell from trusted known providers. And, you know, there's a unique opportunity here 
to pull down, you know, grab your favorite post-exploitation PowerShell and sign it with <laughs> the stolen certificate and, and run it, right? That's, you know, that's where my head is in all this. And, you know, I'm just really disappointed in the public statement. Yeah. You know, I don't want to keep harping on any desk, but their lack of transparency there is really disappointing to see. They didn't even put like the certificate hash in the statement or... No, oh, yeah, like we, we had I to go could... search those down through other through third parties. Right. <laughs> that was, well, that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that really stood out to me is how many details around this incident were essentially crowdsourced based on evidence that security researchers found. For example, like the change log of the AnyDesk Windows application stating they were rotating the code signing cert. That was on, I think, January 29th. So why did it take someone reading the change log and reporting on it for the news to come to light about that? You know, why wasn't yeah, why, that included? Why people have to find out from security researchers on Twitter who read a change log and said, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and the whole thing, well, it's not ransomware. Okay. That's yeah, not the only thing that we have yeah, to worry about. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot more to worry about than ransomware. Certainly. Uh, yeah. It just, just kind of mind numbing and, and and on that topic of other things um you know there's another narrative floating around out there that is separate from the threat of the code signing certificate and it has to do with user credentials for the uh for any desk's support portal and henry you've looked into this a bit could you tell us more what's going on here so, yeah so from what i was reading this morning um, there's one security blog, I think it's ReSecurity, put out a blog just following the AnyDesk incident, mainly with customer credentials being leaked and published for sale on the dark web. And my understanding is they actually reached out to some of the individuals that were in the sample dump that was provided on the dark web. And those they were active accounts. Like these customers didn't even know that this was a problem. And They've, they learned about it from ReSecurity reaching out. And another thing, too, that really caught my eye was I think they said the majority of the leaked credentials didn't have 2FA turned on. We've been talking about 2FA forever. Turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and on. I think that's, you know, that's where, you know, I, I saw this piece in the register where someone had looked at it and said that, you know, hey, there are a lot of these in here that have been you know, in previous dumps. And so I think seeing so many combo lists that surface again and again, it's easy to lose track of, of whether or not this is, you know, new data or old data. But I think, you know, it A, if they haven't changed it as a result of those old compromises, then they're still at risk. Uh, and B, uh, it, you know, if there was a new compromise and that that is indeed been rolled in, then then that's that's new risk that you have to worry about. And also, you know, they're not using 2FA. And if you reuse credentials, like that to me is the most worrisome is it's not whether or not someone can come in and pose as my administrator and put in a support ticket. While that is dangerous, you know, hopefully any desk, hopefully, is going to overcome that by with good verification uh, procedures. I don't know that I'd hang my hat on it, but but hopefully. But if you've reused the credentials to manage that they with which you used to manage any desk and you reuse those in the customer portal uh, and you weren't using a single sign-on solution, then then 
you know, that, that actor, I mean, the actors prob actors are going to try that. <laughs> They're going to give it a try. And if there's yeah. no two FA, then, you know, onward they go. And now they can, they can own you a different way. Yeah. And I think, you know, the unfortunate reality is, you know, if you have a public facing portal, it's going to be subject to password spraying. And as a business, you just got to understand like, yeah, we, we trust our customers to use safe and secure passwords. But, you know, if you look at the 23andMe case recently, like, did I do anything wrong legally? No. But, you know, the court of public opinion actually absolutely railroaded them because of all the, you know, reused passwords within their app. And they got in and they were on a pivot through all these other people's DNA history. And, right, it's like, that's just another avenue you got to understand, like, that's a risk. Like, I got to I gotta prevent people using compromised and insecure passwords in my platform. That's just, an, it's just another thing. It's just the reality of how the world works today, right? Not to mention, you know, the information they could take from just the, any desk portal can be used, to, you know, in targeted phishing campaigns. Absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah it, it's one of those multifaceted risks that, you know, can can go in a lot of unexpected directions so yeah uh regardless yeah. of your exposure or really your your perception of your exposure to it you should immediately move to mitigate that so Great. all right henry and tom any closing thoughts um i'm gonna steal henry's but turn on two two factor <laughs> <laughs> um i think my closing thought is you know there's still a lot of unknowns but it's one thing I take away from this is that it's paramount to protect those code signing keys. Like it cannot be stressed enough. You know, we've seen it also time and time again, um, not to name any companies, but one thing in particular I'm thinking of is NVIDIA. You know, they were one in the news where I believe malware was actually deployed using one of their code signing certs. So protect those at all costs. Absolutely. And, I think the thing that I'm going to leave everyone with is, you know, when these code signing certificates have been in the wild for an unknown period of time, this is where, you know, you need to not look at the immediate task, not over focus on the immediate task of upgrading the affected software, but really do a thorough scrub of all of your potentially impacted systems to make sure that, you know, anything that has that certificate is found, investigated, and removed, uh, and you need to get it right away. And so whether you use uh, the the, uh, the script that we put in our blog, um, you know, by, by all means, please, please do. But if you have another method, whatever method you use, uh, please do it right away because uh, this one has the potential to be pretty, pretty bad. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on Automox's CISO IT podcast. Stay safe out there, and I will see you next time.